All right, get ready to learn about the dirty dino gravel grinder before we move on with Andy Compass. This is Brianne Nalder sharing all the details about this new race coming up this summer. Uh, can you give us like the one minute what this is all, what it's all about? Absolutely. So dirty dino gravel rider, gravel grinder, look, I can't even say it three times fast, <laughs> is the newest, coolest gravel event in Utah. Not that I'm biased, but um, start and finish in Vernal. And it goes up and around. The full course is 106 miles, 10,000 feet of vert. It tops off at 11,000 feet. The coolest part, no matter if you do the 32 mile short course, the 56, I want to say, uh, mile medium course. The dino, the dino bite. Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the dino might is the big 106 miler. Mm -hmm. And yes, dino bite is a good chunk that you can chew on and still very challenging or the dino light, which is an out and back. Um, all of them, the last 16 miles essentially descend what's called Rock Fork Canyon in back into Vernal. So no matter which course you do, your last bit is this gorgeous like traverse line all the way down back into town that peers in over the Uintas on one side and down into dinosaur land on the other. The gravel is, I don't know if I'd go as far to say butter gravel because I don't want to overhype it up, but it is nice gravel. It's not chunky. Mm -hmm. There's a little concern for maybe some snow, but hey, that's part of the adventure. Dang. It's really high up, but we'll grade it and everything will be fine. Okay. Um, June 18th, by the way. June 18th, it's Father's Day weekend. So okay. our big push is make a family vacation out of it. There's camping everywhere. There's tons of places to stay. There's good restaurants. So it can be a family affair. Um, we've got some great sponsors coming on board. Ventum is giving a bike away. So we'll have a mm -hmm. raffle for all finishers for a nice. bike. Envy, I believe, is doing some wheels. We've, DNA is doing some really neat swag for us. Um, list goes on and on, but I'm really confident it's going to be a great time. We're organized and ready to go. So now we just need you all to sign up. Total cost. So right now it's early bird all the way till May 1st. Okay. So there's a long time before it even goes up, but the full course is 115 right now. The short is 95 and the light is 75. So we tried to keep it so that it's not ridiculous um, enough to kind of cover our costs and get swag and make sure that it happens. This will happen again and again. I have at least three years. So nice. all that's going into this is with the intention of it getting better, best. Um, those of you trying to plan your calendar still, or if you need that little push, if you're doing crusher, point to point, any of these later season high elevation mm. rides, this is a great one in June where there's not a ton of events, but you can go and challenge yourself because not only is it 10,000 feet total avert, you're going up to 11. So when you cross that 10,000 foot line, that's true altitude training. Okay, so nice. okay. all the more reason to come and prep and get making some more red blood cells. <laughs> put, uh, put into the Miduele group chat on Groovy, there was an even bigger discount code. Yeah. So I know that we might have some undwelles listening. Are you willing to share it? Absolutely. Okay. What is it? To come down. This isn't about a big profit. This is about creating cool. a grassroots style, super fun event. It'll be fully supported. Tons of fun. However, however discount you can get, use it. <laughs> Sign okay, up. Good. Nice. <laughs> um, Will you remind me the code, the discount code? Mm, yes. Yep. Or I can put it in the show notes. How about that? That's great. Okay, I'll but put it in the show notes. I'm pretty sure it's Miduole Dino. So do I. Don't <laughs> quote us though. You better look in the notes of the podcast. <laughs> I made a few codes. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, anything else? If you have any personal questions, okay. um, you can hit me up. There's an Instagram and a Facebook, and I'll be unleashed, unveiling, probably the better mm -hmm. word, some announcements in the next little bit to entice even more things like 
the bike giveaway and what the swag is going to be and cool. all the cool stuff. So follow us on social media and through there, you can, anything you send that's a private message or a DM is me directly. I'm, I'm running all of that. So if you, anyone out there that needs specific questions asked, you want to, we'll start posting stuff about equipment suggestions and all that stuff and what weather's going to be like and things. So website is gravel-dino.com. Got it. And go there and register. Brianne doesn't do anything halfway. If you have ever participated in her events, I have done ultimate challenge where she's in charge. I pray for the day when you're back in charge of that. Activity. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of that comes from doing events for 20 years myself yeah. on your own. Yeah. We know what writers want it's when true. we are writers ourselves. We're not just trying to capitalize on, on the dollars because that all comes together when it's a good event, you want to come back. And that's the intention. Sign up. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What's up listeners. Stuart here. Welcome to another episode, episode 43 of the Nijuele podcast. Grateful to have Andy Compass as our guest today. Kristen and I interview him. You get to get to know Andy, Coach Andy. We're grateful that he would share just a few of his insights into life, his insights into being a great racer, a great competitor, and an incredible man. I'm grateful for Andy's friendship and mentorship, and you'll hear our stories about how we met Andy and how he's joining up with Miguel to be a force to be reckoned with. Andy's the man, and uh, I'm grateful for the time he spent with us. A few announcements we didn't get to at the outset, which is uh, Kit Pickup, February 16th at 6 o'clock, up at Hangar 15 on Wasatch Boulevard. We will have all your goodie bags ready with uh, spandex, shirts, socks, hats. All that stuff will also be available to buy. Uh, so 6 to 7.30, join us. We'll, uh, we're happy to, to see the team up there. Team Camp, March 17th through 20th, uh, down in St. George. We've got some really fun routes an incredible raffle. So uh, go to the site and uh, Team Camp 2022 is on the website. So that's where all the information is about everything you want to know about camp. So big thanks to Andy. Grateful for him and Kristen. Thankful for the time they spent uh, being on the podcast. And I uh, hope you enjoy. All right, bye. Welcome to... Just kidding. Welcome to the Midwale Podcast. <laughs> Look how beautiful these people are with me. Andy Compass, welcome. Thank you. Kristen Anderson. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really grateful to have you. You were just on a special women's board of directors. I don't even know. What do we call that thing you were on? Panel? A women's panel? Panel. Talk about, will you just do that real quick? What was that? Um, it's the Utah Cycling uh, well, it's actually the Utah Events Cycling Events Association wanted to just hear more about women cycling, and I think really try to uh, inspire women to sort of put themselves out there and come to some of these events, and then also pick the brains of Three the women interested, like ladies, what they're looking for, like why why do they not come. Mm. Um, what are they looking for kind of a thing. So yeah, it was cool. Brianne Nolder invited me. It was, it was fun. I tuned in. You have to, to. Make, you're obligated. To, Andy, you tuned in. I had to make sure I knew what to talk about when you got home. So <laughs> that's why <laughs> Andy, what were you going to say? Were you raising? I did. Hand? I listened as well. I listened huh? as well. I, I care about what they think. And, and uh, I think they're just as good a writers as we men air mm-hmm. quotes. I agree 100%. It was a good discussion. Congrat- Thank you for being on it, representing the team. You did well, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I like to start the podcast because it kind of lightens the mood here. Current training status, Andy. How, how is winter? Yep. Oh, that's not a status. <laughs> um, oh, no, I'm, I, I, I enjoy the wintertime. I'm a Zwifty. And uh, I feel like I get a lot of gains on Zwift. There's a lot of structure that I can follow um, riding Zwift. And, uh, and by spending the time on Zwift, I feel like I come out in the spring a much stronger rider. So I'm in full swing, except for this week. Yeah. Decompressing. We've seen you on skis, Kristen. 
talk about that. What is that training status, please? Training status is learning new things that this age is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I took up skate skiing. Uh, it's very difficult and mm. makes me question lots of choices, but it's a nice break. Um, I find that in the winter I struggle if I don't take a break from the bike. Yeah. So um, I kind of chose something new and different. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of, I'm, I'm just kind of starting to get my head into a place where I can commit to a few days a week on Zwift, but not mm. with the team. I also learned that. So. All right. Yeah. I know two incredible endurance athletes at skate ski, Bart Gillespie, Alex Grant. They are real good at that. So good job. That's cool. Yeah. Great. It's been fun. Okay. Uh, kits arrived. I've never seen so much spandex in my life. So uh, we're planning on February 16th at six o'clock at hangar 15. So plan on that. We'll have all your goodies prepared. Andy, are you going to make the trek to, uh, to, I can ship it to you. I mean, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? I feel better dumb start, having you. <laughs> I better start riding now. No, of course I'll be there. Of course okay. I'll be there. Okay. Um, I'm going to introduce Andy just because maybe you don't know Andy, which is why I want to do this podcast. I admire him greatly. I had his wife write a short introduction and I'm just going to read it. Maybe we can insert some uh, giggle. Uh oh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay. Okay. Andy has always been involved in athletic sports his entire life. I'm just kidding. That's, that's how it does start. As a boy, he excelled in soccer until he moved from Southern California to a small town in Southern Utah where soccer didn't exist. Hmm. That's a pretty small town. That is. Where was that? Where'd you move? It's called, it's called Kanab. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been through it, but nobody knows it. So you moved there. You lived there as a child. Uh, I did. I moved there when I was 11. Huh. Your father's work? What took you there? He retired. He retired at the ripe age of 35. Wow. Was he a wow. fireman? What was he? He bought and sold Japanese steel. He uh, sold it to larger screw product companies like LA Screw Product and stuff. And he retired at 35. He was, he was done making all the money he wanted to make. Dang, man. And he went to Kanab. All right. Yeah. And then the story I got to really fill in really quickly is lost his business, lost all his money. And we, and I became the 11, 12 year old son of a school teacher because we didn't have any money. How about that? That was probably not easy. No, super hard. I can't wait to talk more about it. Okay. Uh, Then he picked up a baseball glove and became, it became a passion for years, even earned him a college scholarship. How about that? You played baseball at college. I did. I did. Please don't went tell to, me. Don't say BYU. Where? Don't say I went BYU. to BYU. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I did not go to BYU then, <laughs> but I went to Dixie College. Okay, Dixie. Very good. I guess it's now being called Utah Tech or something, but. Yeah, what is that? That's I don't not, know. We're not calling it that. No. As a young father, he developed degenerative disc disease in his back and was scheduled for surgery, but thought he'd try another route to heal his back and get into shape. He started running at the gym. You chose running. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you more about that in a bit. That led to a running a marathon, which led uh, to interest in triathlon. He wanted to drink water through his bars. And then ultimately the pinnacle of Ironman of triathlon, Ironman. Very good. After years of running down, wore his knees out, requiring surgery, the doctor recommended he hang up his running shoes and invest in a good road bike. He took that advice seriously, poured his heart and soul into biking, and he's never looked back. That's an understatement. He is well-known, highly skilled, not only in racing, but currently shares his knowledge and passion with both teens and adults, I agree, as a highly respected coach. His only regret with biking is that he didn't find it earlier in his life. Hmm, I agree. Andy and I met, uh, that was the end of introduction. Andy and I met on Zwift. I think, who invited you? AJ, the Brintons? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was probably the Brintons. 
And that was 2019. We were uh, doing that together. And then we really, uh, we'll get into this in a little bit. Uh, Kristen and I connected with Andy during the Iron Cowboy adventure in 2020, summer of 2020. And I really enjoyed that experience. Hopefully Andy will share more about that. Um, that's it. Well, I don't know whether my wife wrote that introduction. What? What do you say? That's my first question. Um, I no, messaged uh, someone connected to you on Facebook and said, please yeah, write it. That was very kind. Very kind of her. <laughs> um, first of all, super honored to be here or, you know, be a part of Miduele's podcast. Um, as I think about the people that you've interviewed, um, Melissa Rollins, Connor O'Leary, Ali Tetrick, TJ, and even the Iron Cowboy. I have little stories or vignettes about, with each one of those. Um, nice. Interesting paths crossing with each of them. Um, but I, I, I also don't want to leave out any of the, the Midwelly guys, right? Like the guys that I've gotten to know at Zwift, at the Wasatch All Road, at Lodija and stuff like that. And so I feel pretty, pretty vanilla amongst so no many way. talented, so many talented writers and people that you've had. So thank you. Thank you, Andy. And maybe I've got this a little lower in our outline, but maybe there's a good spot. Andy wins Lodija this year. So 2021, he crosses first. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he comes up to me and he says, I'm doing this next year in a Miduele kit. That's maybe, correct. maybe tell that, like, I want to know for people that are, you know, whatever, not in the team, if they're listening, I don't know if they are. But why? Why? What is it? Um, tell me more about that decision. What's going on there? Um, you guys, you guys just seem to enjoy biking. You guys seem to enjoy each other. Uh, um, you just have something I want to be a part of. Like I, I, I've never been a part of a group of cyclists um, in my in my adventure. Like I've just been a solo guy. Show up at an event race it, say hi to some people. I try to say hi to everyone, but I've never been, I've never belonged to something like you guys have going. And it just seems about time. I, I feel like I've missed it. Mm. I want you to know you're a high recruit. You know, we're a powerful free agent. We're putting all the money on you. A couple of ding dongs <laughs> and a Twinkie and I'm there. <laughs> Half a bag of Cheetos. Half a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> nice. Gross. <laughs> well um maybe just talk about where you are in life how you got there a little history on andy yeah you bet um let's rewind about 13 years when i did when when sarah alluded my wife alluded to uh to my trouble with degenerative back problems um i was about 39 i weighed 210 um, I played a lot of softball and baseball, so a lot of torque on my back. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just was done. I crawled into, uh, into the emergency room and, uh, got a chest or, I mean, a back x-ray and, uh, I got a, an appointment the very next day with a wonderful man named Dr. Reichman, who everybody knows in the Valley. And he looked at my film and he says, I'm scheduling you for surgery on Monday. And I said, not only no, but hell to the no. Like I'm 39, I'm not having surgery. In fact, I'm going to be an Ironman. Yes. Stu, I literally had no idea. I had to go home and find out what an Ironman was. Like I had no idea what I just said. <laughs> but uh, I was determined. And, and like Sarah said, I started walking about a half a mile at a time and uh, got it up to about two miles. And then I was able to run and then run a little bit more and running turned to, Hey, maybe I could do this swimming thing. And how, how hard is swimming, right? Like we've all done that growing up, Bor borrowed a bike and that bike had platform pedals on it. And I wore my helmet on backwards as I came out yes. of transition, had no idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that. It's a, a great picture that I have of me with my helmet on backwards and just to survive the swim. And my family's like, go. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. That's like Jerry of the day material right there. It was. I love it. it. Was. I was Jerry of the day. Um, 
fast forward, ran a few marathons, did some half Ironmans, and then signed up for the big Magilla down in St. George. And um, I did all three. I was, I was a few, there was a few of us. I think there was like 40 something people that did 2010, 2011, and 2012. I did all three. You did that one in the, like the monsoon the cold with the water. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah. That was pretty nasty. There was a lot of DNFs that day. There were a lot of people that swam to the shore and quit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Kristen had some interesting, insightful comments about you, Andy, uh, as we discussed a little earlier today. Kristen, I'm going to turn the time over to you. Oh, um, okay. So I met Andy on the Iron Cowboy ride, not day 100. What day was it? We were there. 88. 88. That's right. Um, uh, as Stu and I were talking about Andy, you know, Stu kind of mentioned some of the qualities that he loved about Andy. And I agreed that he seems to have a knack of uh, gathering people and not just gathering people, but um, really seeing the people has a sensitivity to kind of who's there and what the situation is and how he can be like most effective and helpful. Um, as we rode, I watched him control the Peloton in a way that was like, uh, I don't know what the word would be. It was yeah. just, um, was smart, wise, what? all of it. Wise. It awesome. Yeah. Um, but wise in caring, I told Stu like a shepherd, <laughs> you know, like, like a caring person who, uh, was being sensitive to everybody's uh, levels and writing styles, but at the same time, like number one priority was safety and how was he going to sort of control this group? Um, and I think that he does that wherever he goes, he just kind of has a knack of, uh, you know, finding the people and gathering them around him and then, um, you know, being a leader for them. So that's just kind of something I noticed. And that was just in the one day I was, um, blessed to ride with him. So it was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what? I do. I do remember if I can interject, I do remember there was a spot in the race where we made a hard left-hand turn. And I, I, I got like kind of next to Kristen and said, Hey, this is happening in the next 120 yards or hundred yards. Be careful because this is a spot where people will make a mistake and they'll either go straight. It happened the other day. I watched a lady you know, crash into somebody and not make this left-hand turn. So I, I said something like, Hey, follow my wheel, just leak out to the outside. And then if anybody's coming, they'll go on the inside of us. And then we can wrap in on this left-hand turn. And maybe it was a mother hen mothering or chickens, you know, kind of shepherding. But I, as I finished saying it, I was like, here's this girl who can ride with the boys and is riding as hard as everybody else. And I'm telling her how to ride. I felt super <laughs> embarrassed for a Why? quick moment. <laughs> no way. Because you did the same thing when we crossed the railroad tracks. You were yes. like, you I guys, you right everyone crashes right here. So just be careful. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Iron Cowboy in a minute. I do want to know, Andy, at what point did you just say, I'm going to re-ride in 12,000 miles a year here? Is that a recent decision? I mean- when did you start going whole hog into cycling? Um, yeah, as soon, well, let's see. Um, I was a tri-dork for a while, got made fun of because I wore no socks. Mm. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I, threw in, I threw in with the infinite cycling dudes. I jumped in the infinite, infinite cycling team. And I just never really fit in. I wasn't fast enough to be riding with Ira and Nate and Mike Underhill. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I wasn't... Uh, the other guys, all the mid packer guys, they had all their strategy planned out. So I didn't fit in the, you hit it here, you pull the guy there and you block there. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just riding a bike. And, uh, and then I went to the state championships, I think was the 35 plus dudes. Hmm. And, uh, I managed my first podium. I got second place to uh, a little known rider in Utah named John Rose, who if you know him and rode with him, he's a beast, both on the dirt and the road. And uh, he beat me 
but I, I got, I secured second place. I broke away with them and we, and he beat me at the line. I was completely hooked on, on riding. Like I was like, why am I even thinking about running? It hurts. I'm out. Um, road loadage of that year. Um, didn't know what I was doing. I, I rode it. I did not race it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how fast people flew past us riders. <laughs> like when a group would come by with a racer, like with a, a pace dude and a moto in front of them. And then the group came by, I'm like, what the, what am I doing? Am I pedaling a bike or that? What are they? They were so much faster than me. And it just kind of lit me up. Like, how could I do this and be faster? So, um, that was, that was my initial, like, I'm way slow. I'm not, I'm not fast enough. So I got to work on it. And then a friend at work asked me if I had a mountain bike and I go, no, I'm not going to riding on the dirt. Sounds no fun to me. So he persuaded me to buy a mountain bike. And I decided that I would enter the smallest race I could possibly race in the mountain. And uh, it happened to be a teeny race called Leadville up in <laughs> Colorado. Yep, so what I'm trying Baptism by fire. That's exactly. That's my MO, Stu. Like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing or how hard it is. And I end up in these situations where I'm like, I mean, this guy said, dude, everyone finishes under nine hours. There is, there's no finish line at 901. Everyone packs up and goes home at 901. So I'm like, all right, so how hard can this be? Like I can train, I can do this. And, uh, I, I finished that day in 857, 858 and cross the finish line. One of the last couple of people to get a, a big buckle. And, yeah. and I, again, it was just my, my dwelly, like I know how to <laughs> suffer and I nice. figured it out. And that's where I really got the idea of, I think I could do this biking thing. I'm in. I love that dude. So mm-hmm. great. Excellent transition. If you want it, you ready to move on. I want to hear about last year. You had so many incredible experiences. Um, Let's first start. I am assuming everyone knows the Iron Cowboy journey. Maybe talk about how you were connected and just what happened during that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James and I, we met a long time ago um, and it was during the Tridork years. James was much faster, much That's better. Right. Um I was just grateful that this guy allowed me to be on the journey he was on and pretend that we were friends. And, and in, in 2011, he did the most half Ironmans like 20 and 22 weeks. And I was always, I was always the, what the heck guy, right? Like he would say, here's, I got this great idea. And I'd be like, well, why don't you do it? And, um, well, why don't you come do it with me? And I'm like, I, I can't, you know, I got a family, I got a job. I'll support you any way I can in, in 2012, when he comes up with this 30 Ironmans, he's going to break the world record and do 30. I said, um, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. And, and I, I promised to do the last one with you. Mm. And, and so on number 30, uh, if you watch that, his documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. um, or Amazon prime. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Netflix, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I am in that video. Uh, most of that race, like, like I am, I ran every step of the, of the marathon with him. We finished at the same. There were a lot of guys that came down and did like the swim and then ejected and then they did the bike mm-hmm. and they ejected. And that was the only one that ran with him the entire race. And we finished anyway, James, if you listen to James, you might, you might say, bull crap. This is a PG 13, right? Bull crap. Right. <laughs> you hear, you hear James talk and you're like, bull crap. This guy's not real. Um, and it's everything he says, everything he says is who he is watching him redefine hard. Like it's, it's true. Like everything is true. Yeah. He's not the nicest guy right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't get people like wonderful compliment by Kristen to tell me that, that I I made that difference in her in one day. 
James won't be that guy to people. That's just not who he is. But, but he, he came up with his conquer one. He did the 50, 50, 50. And that was crazy. Right. He, he offered me his wingman position said, Hey, come be with me. Wow. He knew I, he knew I would do it and on 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. But I was working and I couldn't do it. I couldn't go. Um, so then when the hundred came out, it was, Hey, do you think I can do this? And I said, yes. And he's like, really? No one's, no one believes I can do this. I said, your biggest problem. And this is my, my lifeblood is operations. I'm a logistics guy. And I said, your logistics is going to be your biggest problem Mm. when you do this. Like the problem is going to be all, everything that adds to is going to be problematic. And so when you are now faced with the opportunity to go ride with him, there was this interesting part of the journey where you, I felt like you were like kind of in control of the bike group. Tell it. Can you talk about, is that what happened? I mean, I don't want to tell, tell me about, cause I mean, you were there like every day in a cutoff white shirt and tie with slacks that you'd show. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us, go ahead, Kristen. I was just going to say, I told Stu today and you know, and he's not the Godfather. He's the Bishop. He like has, <laughs> he's in control of the people. And uh, that's how you, I mean, that's how I felt it was. It was more than just you were showing up to show support because you loved cycling. It was very obvious that you showed up to support because you loved James. And so your everything else after that was how do we make this logistically run smooth, efficient, safe, safe, all of those things. And it was, I mean, it was, you could tell it was, it was not just, I like to ride a bike and I'm going to, I'm going to ride a bike with James. It was more than that. Big time. That's awesome. That's awesome that you saw or, or felt that. I mean, to me, people are my currency. I love people. I love getting to know people. I love to know their stories. I know I want to know their why I want, I want to be a part of their life. Like I am sincere when I say, I want to know your kids' names and I'll tell you them later when we go riding something, I'll ask you how so-and-so is doing or how's your wife. I won't forget it. Um, Watching their stories come to life during the hundred was, was super fun for me. Seeing how people wanted to be involved for their various reasons. Um, there were days that James was so broken. He would call me on the phone mid ride and I would jump out the door, drive to wherever he was, get on my bike and ride home with him. And then somehow figure out a way to go back and get my truck. (laughs) And so I didn't ride every ride. There were some guys that literally rode. 60 plus. I mean, there were a few guys that, that rode, you know, more than 60 or 80. And I didn't ride that. I rode, I rode 27, I think total, but then I rode another 15 to 20 when James needed, needed some comfort. He needed some things. But the, but what Kristen said teed up me really well, changing James's route on the hundred was the biggest game changer for him. Like he called me one night and he says, I cannot ride all of this elevation for a hundred miles. You live down in South County, draw me up a map that keeps me away from going around Utah Lake. And you guys know when you go around Utah Lake, it's a commitment because you can't back off. Right. Once you start, you got to keep going. It's one, one direction. Yeah. And, and so when I rewrote his, um, his path or his route down through, uh, down into, um, Payson and did the three loops down there. Right. Um, he called it the Andy special and it was the, it was the biggest win I think, um, of helping him continue that day because we took, we took the elevation from 2,200 to just under a thousand every day. Mm, Nice. Dang, dude. Uh, what did you learn like from that experience? I mean, there's a lot of lessons from some of the cyclists that were with him. Um, anything that you would share there that you were, that you really walked away with? Um, yeah. And like I, oh, I was saying earlier, James, you know, the bull crap moment where you say bull crap, he, 
he literally lives by that. I didn't die last minute. I can go forward another. That didn't kill me. So I can go forward. Like that's his ability to suffer. And he says that, and he lives by that. Like his greatest accomplishment, his greatest superpower is the ability to suffer. And, and he, if he didn't die, if it didn't kill you a moment earlier, then he thinks he's going to make it to the next moment. So the thing that I learned the most from him is, or, or the experience or part, well, there's lots of things, but he could do it relying upon uh, not only his knowledge that he could, he would, but that he was going to suffer and he was going to win. He didn't ever listen to outside influences. No way. That was cool. But the other things I, I, I think I learned more that were non-cowboy stuff. Um, gosh, I met more Miduele guys, right? Like you guys, mm. I, I helped organize a day to get as many guys out. That's right. So I picked up the bat phone and called Stu and said, get me some of your best and throw them on the road down here. Um, but don't bring any spares. Bring guys who know how to ride. That was a fun day. Yeah. yeah. And I remember driving home with Kristen that day and we were driving home. We like stopped at Jimmy John's and I'm like, I cannot fathom like doing something else after this experience. Like I was so fried. And I was like, one that was one day it was pretty one day. wild i can't believe even one day you, one event well i mean you i can't believe what you did i mean that is an incredible summer um with what you did in that summer do you feel like it set you up for wasatch all road loaded i mean kristen had a maybe kristen you ask him your question you're going to ask him about all these races you won yeah i just wondered if i mean if you set out with the plan uh where you calendared these events and you and you very specifically and methodically trained for each one because you said to yourself i'm gonna win or did you take the approach of like i don't really know what i'm doing but i'm gonna throw my hat in this ring and see how it pans out i always find it interesting to to see um i don't want to call us because we're not necessarily novice writers but we're obviously not professionals you know, the approach that you take to uh, multiple events and um, the mindset going in, is it a winning mindset of like, oh, no, this is what this is, was part of my plan? Or is that just what happened? <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I, I always downplay everything. So more of B, <laughs> not A, I'm going to win okay. everything. B of, well, I'll just throw my hat in and see what happens. And yeah. um, so, hold on, I, says the guy who has literally won the last like eight Zwift events we've done. <laughs> uh, I think everyone's just letting me win. Like, Whatever, honestly. no way. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, continue. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so I, I, yes, to your question. Um at the first of the year, I rode with the cowboy. I felt like I was getting good base miles. I felt like the rides were doing really well at what I do. And that is the endurance, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy and I'm not afraid to admit it. I turned 53 on Saturday yes. and the biggest, most frustrating thing is I found this sport 14 years ago and I would have loved to have found it earlier. Mm -hmm. Like I... I wish that I had much more time. So I'm just trying to ride as fast as I can to catch up, right? Like that's my mindset. So when I threw in the true grit, I literally had to have people tell me that I could do it. It was a stage race. It was a three-day thing. And I thought, there is no way I can ride my bike that hard for three days and do it and, and expect to do well. Um, but true grit turned into being one of those moments where shut up or put up, put up or shut up. And, uh, I had a pretty good day, a decent day. And when I finished, I was like, I can do hard things. Like I, I can ride my bike when there's three inches of snow on the ground and <laughs> I didn't quit. Yeah. And, and that race fueled me for, Hey, I can do, I can do X at the next race. Right. And, and, uh, I got my hat hat handed to him by AJ at the crusher. Like 
I wasn't even the same area code he was in. Like <laughs> away he went and I felt like Top Gun. I'm like, where'd he go? And I'm like, where'd who go? <laughs> oh my God. He's so good. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Dude, but I mean, but you if you listen to Connor at the last podcast, he said, I don't care who you are or what you're doing, if you're if you're on the top, it's a special thing. And so for you to have three tops last year, I don't care what you say, Andy, I'm going to stick it to you. That is intense. That is awesome. Because you, I mean, you were downplaying it at, at Lodija too. You're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm in this group and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter, man. That was awesome. Well, but, I appreciate that. It's super humbling. Sorry, Stugo. No, I was just going to say, is there any memories from any of those events that stand out like a good war story? Oh, yeah. I got good stories on all of them. You're talking yes. to the story guy. Let's go. I want a war story from Wasatch All Road. Okay. Um, story. The guy. All Road. The All Road was nasty. It, uh, it so much hurt, so much fun. I just felt really hammered all day long. Like, I, you know, I know you guys have had um, Jesse Loper and, and Dean Walker on <laughs> recently for Leadville, and Leadville is nasty. It hurts. Um, but all road is an all kinds of hurt. Like it is, it was too high, too long, too hot. It was nasty. And it was just race pinned all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew. So, so this is, I'm going to try to figure out how to, how I can say everybody, Miduele's names in this podcast, like Dave Sharp, mm-hmm. beef of a dude, right? Like he's 50 plus 55 plus And, and I saw him line up for the race and he's on his mountain bike and I'm on my gravel bike. And I'm like, <laughs> if he beats me on a mountain bike, I'm going to, I chose the wrong weapon. And <laughs> we went up the hill and um, we got to the top of uh, the first climb, which is a nasty hour, chunky, chunky climb, deep sand and, and gravel in places, couple of pros busted rims near me and, Um, we got to the first aid station and on the turnaround, I saw TJ and I think there was some winner of all road that just came out of nowhere, like out of retirement, like four years ago, he was like a cyclocross champion, but he was beefing it on the front. He and Ryan Standish and TJ and a couple other guys. And then, and then there was a break and then there was a couple other and I was like, I was starting to count them. It was like an out and back. And I was like in 18th place overall. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm a back half guy. Like I'm a back half race guy. The front of the race, I got to stay close. Mm-hmm. The back of the race is when the coal engine starts working for me. Like I feel like nutrition lines up. I feel like my legs line up. I feel like my ability to suffer lines up. And then it's like game on. Like if, if, not to give away any secret advantages to any dwellies, but if, if it's an eight hour race and I'm with you at four hours, I like my chances, right? Mm-hmm. Like at that point, the last four, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fourth quarter guy. I'm attacking early now. Yes, you should. <laughs> Andy. Awesome. Uh, babe, any other questions to Andy about his, uh, his races last year? Yeah. Do you wear your medals to bed? Yes. No. I do Where do not. you wear them? Do you wear them around the house? Do you cook in them? Like, what do you like to do when you have that many? It's important, Andy. It's important. No, I think they're in a Where box. do you put them, Sarah? I I put them honestly. I put them on the bed for about a week, and Sarah throws them in the box quickly. <laughs> like, what? What's this for? I'm like, just reminding me, babe. I had a good day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you always have a good day. Andy, as we kind of come in for a uh, ending here, you're wait, full... wait, 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 I have one oh, question. Oh yeah. Great. Let's go. Yeah. I want to know what you're coaching. Oh, coaching. Yeah. I, I don't okay. know this. Are you coach coaching Andy. mountain bike? What are you, where are you? Yeah. Coach Andy, where are you? What are you coaching? I want to know a little bit about your coaching. Yeah. I, um, I don't know, three, four years ago, I just rode up to the, um, local Lone Peak high school and asked them if they needed some help with their riders and, offered my assistance and 
the guy looked at me and said, do you have a kid on the team? And I said, no, but I got a white van with no windows and stuff down over there. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I just, I just felt like maybe giving back a little bit was the way that I, I could find some enjoyment. And so I started coaching some mountain bike kids about three years ago and I grabbed two or three kids, wrote their training plans, watched them, rode with them, rode behind them and in front of them and showed them, you know, how I would ride the bike and how they're riding it well and where they're not and where they could, you know, trust the bike a little bit better. And that turned into a a little three, turned to six, turned to nine, turned to 15. And I have, I have kids all over the state now who, uh, for various high schools will call and say, Hey, I need you to write me a training plan. And, um, and hashtag coach Andy says was born everything awesome. that I, I tell them, I just kind of say, Hey, do it this way. Coach Andy. That's, yeah. that's awesome. What's the high school, Andy, which one is it? Lone Peak. Lone Peak. Lone Peak. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. Sorry, great. Kristen's I love coach. it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I do. I, I started a couple years ago at the Olympus with my daughter and I help with the grit program, trying to get more girls on bikes. And, uh, that is, a, that is definitely a challenge, but it's very rewarding. It if is. You can get one, if you can get one kid that finds an outlet that makes them feel like better about themselves and they have a, they have a place to go where they feel like they belong, then it's worth it for one kid. So yeah, that's awesome. I'll tell you two things. One, uh, my best, sorry, the way I connect best to the athletes, they're the girls. The girls are much easier to connect than the boys. They, they want to be riding their bike. The boys sometimes are like either parents are forcing or whatnot, but the girls, they want to ride their bikes. And, and, and then the other thing I would say about coaching that I, that I love is when a kid's parents send me an email or a text or something saying that I've made a difference in their kid's life, well, that's all the juice I needed, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's money right there. It is. That's awesome. Yeah. Andy, you've experienced a lot of uh, life in general. I, I'm not calling you old in any way, but I feel like you're very wise. You always have like really neat, fun thing. I love to listen to you. I, any, Okay, I'm going to ask for like top three Andy's. If you're speaking to a guy on a ride and you're like, hey, man, here's some advice for you. Where does it start? Advice on the bike or advice in life? What do you want? I mean, it could be both. Let's start with life. Let's just do life. Yeah. Andy's advice. Coach Andy says. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the first thing that I would say is um, – just find your why. Find find why you like to ride. Find why um, you like that climb. Find find what it is that makes you want to get on the bike the next day. Like I, I think that too many times we we spend an inordinate amount of time looking at each other's PRs and mm. I can't climb Emmy faster than Stu and. Everyone knows you have the number one and stop. everyone's going no, 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 for no. you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Everyone's They're coming for you. Stop. Um, I think we compare ourselves too often to other people and think we should be in a different part of our life or the same stage others are. Like I've got a good friend who, who always complains to me about how much time I find to ride a bike. And mm. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I don't have kids that I can take skiing should I complain to you about three or four toddlers running around mm-hmm. on a ski slope? Like my kids are all grown up now. And so I'm in a different stage. I'm, I just want, I, I just would tell people to be happy where they are and not ask. I'll be happy when, right? Like mm-hmm. be happy where you are. Nice. Do you want to discuss your why real quick? My why um, I think if you listen to this podcast, I think you figured it out. I found this Definitely. sport too late. Um, I don't ever know what I'm doing. So I throw my hat into anything <laughs> and, like and just, and just try to learn as I go. Like um, I'm not afraid to try something new. Um, I, I, I really, at the first part of this, being a part of you guys and me 
it's, I mean, I'm not saying it to blow smoke. It's like, I want to belong to something greater than me. Like I want to, mm. I want to find and leave people. I want to find people great or good and leave them great. Right. Like that's, that's my why is I just want to help people. And if it's just me telling jokes and stories on a bike, if you ride with me, you'll probably at the end go, why didn't you shut up? But mm-hmm. I, I, I like, no. I like spending time on the bike and I love telling stories and I love being with people. That's, that's my true pleasure. Quote and, and, and quote and, and quote movies and quote movies. And yeah. somehow you this, fit right in somehow. And, <laughs> Somehow this year, I ended up on the top of the podium a couple of times by accident, Stu. Yeah. I wasn't even riding Lodija to win. I was riding to support a friend. And after about three hours, I looked over at him and I said, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want you to go win. And I'm like, okay. all right. Okay. So see what happens. Peace. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> great day. Okay. Great day. What else, Andy? What makes a great cyclist? What do you think like uh, any advice there? Like. I'm young not guys, give away all my tricks. I know. What about oh. like a, a young guy who's like, yeah. I need to man, win. Like, what do you say to that guy? Here's your medal. Shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly think the guys that make up the best part of the cycling community <laughs> are, are not the guys that are PR guys. Like, I got to PR this, right? Like I, I don't enjoy riding with someone who has to PR every single time you go out for a ride. Yeah. Um, shoot me. Like, that's not my guy. My, my guy is the, my favorite rider or riding companion would be someone who tells me what's going on at work or at school or, or family um, where we can, we can bond and talk. And um, we're in this crazy journey called life and we're in different spots and, if I listen to you and you listen to me, we're going to, we're going to be better for that. Better humans, both of us. And, and that camaraderie and that togetherness or, or part of something means a lot more than hitting the PR. Now, if someone twitches and away we go, I don't mind that either. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do the twitching. Okay. <laughs> Anything else, Kristen? No, I just liked that a lot. Andy, what is, oh, go ahead. Sorry, babe. I was just going to say, I just feel like a lot of, I just feel like that's the culture I think that we aim to create is this is more than a bike. It's more than your PRs and your Stravas and your miles. And if we can provide that space, I think we're doing a good job and we're creating something in the cycling community. I think, I think the, the racing and the chasing will always be there because it's a sport and it's competitive, but to come back from the race and have people who want to listen to your, um, your race breakdown and Stu wants to hear every pedal stroke and what you ate and who you talk to. I mean, I think that's hopefully the kind of culture that we're creating is that space for people to ride next to each other. And if, if you're not with someone you like, like what's the point of all the time spent doing it. So well, anyway, I'm if, just, I'm grateful to have you. If you're a jerk, it doesn't matter. We just, oh. I don't care. Right. Well, we could talk about chamois butter or nutrition or anything like that. <laughs> right. Like eh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, me too. Andy, what is, uh, what's in store 2022? I, I I have two questions. What are your goals? What are you riding on? I saw some pictures. We got to know Uh-oh. what that thing is. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. Oh boy. Well, I, um, since I ride my bike so it? much, yeah, since I ride my bike so much, funny story there, right? I'm riding at the end of the year in the tour de St. George, the fall one, and I'm on yeah. my bike. I was, we were and, there. We were yeah, there. I know we, I saw her, I saw Kristen, but I didn't see you. Huh? You guys was, shot off like, a yeah, I was going for PR. I, I was going for PR. Yeah. And I was Always riding back PR. with my, I was riding with my brother. <laughs> but some dude rides up and he goes, Hey, where'd you get that bike? And I wasn't even thinking, I was like, uh, I paid a guy some money for it and they <laughs> gave me the bike. And later I thought, what a dick thing to say. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Censored. <laughs> Censor that. Um, but yeah, I, I spend a lot of time on the bike and I've got a little 
crazy part of me that's like, hey, you know, I don't wear things out. I I treat them very, I baby them. And so um, when when the Envy bike rolled around, I was super interested and I socked away my pennies and I just happened to sell my bike at the right time yeah, during dude. COVID. And so I got extra money there. And so I'm, I'm riding an Envy bike this year. Like I, I actually picked it up the week before Lodija. Lodija. Yeah. It was my second ride on it. Oh, that was a yeah. nasty day. That was a nasty second day. ride on it. Oof. It's beautiful. That paint unreal. So it's awesome. A, I'm super. Yeah. All right. So what are you doing this year? Anything, any, any calendars? Oh, what do you got? I, I promised a good friend of mine that I was going to ride me dwelly colors at Lodija. So mm-hmm. I'm throwing down for that. Mm-hmm. I've signed up for, uh, oh, we're Trigret. doing crusher. We're doing crusher. Sign up for crusher. Sign Against your will. Grit. Yeah. Crusher just somehow owns me. Like that race just gets me. Somehow I got to figure it out. AJ, stop. <laughs> the only chance I have is if AJ doesn't show up. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I got to get out like, the Jordan. Well, That's not yeah. Happen. Yeah. But so I, quickly, if AJ is still listening or he can <laughs> be pointed to this, the only reason I won the all set all sorry, Wasatch All Road was because of smoke the day ah. before. So he pulled mm-hmm. the ripcord and didn't come. And I'm like, yes. I don't think I said yes. Oh, it was just, no. he didn't, he didn't show up. Mm. So it's like one of those, like, Hey, AJ's not here. I guess there's a race going on. So I think I'm going to do the dino, dirty dino, dynamite with Kristen. Very cool. Trying to talk you into it, Stu. Yeah, I'm getting my bikes being built right now at Ventum. Should be ready for team camp. So if she's going to Vernal, I'm not going to miss that dinosaur museum. I'm going. I love that. Love me some dinos, dino bones. There we go. Little kiwis. Going to be my freaking bones out on that race course. I I need to know, um, this is a call out to the, the guys that are still listening and girls, what races you guys do on the road? Do you uh, want to mm-hmm. want somebody to come out and help you in a race on the road? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a race that anybody wants to do that just needs a domestique or somebody to screw things up for everybody else? Dude, I love that. Go. I love that East Canyon race. We should do that. That's fun. Unless it's snowing. I won't do that. That's dumb. Cool. The Antelope Island thing's always tempting, and then I'm. It's like, on Friday this year. How do you get off work? Right. That's right. It is. I fun. always want to do the Bear Lake. I always want to do the Bear Lake. The stage race, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I heard there's less. Do- I've heard there's less bugs on Friday out at Great Salt Lake. Yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> take Friday off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anything else? Are we doing point to point? You don't do that. Um, no, I have oh, done point to point. Okay. My problem this year is that every race lines up with my kiddos races at Lone Peak. So yeah. I either, I either can't do all road or Lodija. So I think I had to choose between one of those or I just bag the kids and not show up. Like, I don't know what to do. Right. And yeah. then point to points right there. They're socked all together. Right. Like boom, boom, boom. Yep. Yeah. The dirty dino is in June. So that's good. Yeah. Okay, great. And I got this awesome invite to camp in March that I'm super jacked for. Yeah, you, you're going to win camp. You're going to win. You're going to be the winner. I'm not going to win. <laughs> How do you win get, camp? Yeah, you just, I was going to say. You PR everything. You just get PRs. You win it. You win no, camp. That's, no, thanks. You don't crash. Yeah, and... you don't crash. And you meet new people. Yeah, Andy, I remember your sad Strava post from last year when you wished you were at Dwelly Camp. I felt so bad. Mm, it's gonna be that was my Strava was FOMO. Why am I not in the South with the dwellies? <laughs> uh, Very cool. Because Andy, you were smarter to not ride to Mesquite. What? That was awesome. I was like the road to hell paved with good intentions. <laughs> That's what that ride was. That was rude. <laughs> that was fun. It was. It was. But I we're probably it. doing it again. I don't even know. Nope. No, Pine Stu Canyon. said it one and done. I'm out. I'll I'm never, never ride a mesquite again. It was, it was tough. No way. All right, Andy, let's wrap up. 
you got to know how grateful I am for you that you're on this team. You're the kind of dude that is going to just lift everyone around you, which is, I just love that. So I'm thankful for you. Grateful to be riding together. Thankful to be a part. Kristen, final parting words. I, I feel Set the same it way. It's a, it's a huge acquisition for the Miduele team to have a guy like Andy Compass repping the colors. We so just didn't have that. Happier. As long as we just, we didn't have that sun crest climb in between us. I really feel like. I'll figure that out. I'll drive, I'll get up early, drive to the temple and then just ride up Wasatch till I meet you guys. Okay. Awesome. All right. Faithful listeners. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate you. 